So friends, welcome. Let's spend some time in meditation together. I'm aware that you've been sitting here for a while now, so we'll take just a couple of minutes uh, to stand, stretch, move uh, in whatever way. It's maybe just worth noting at the beginning of meditation. I can't help but notice there's remarkably few people using chairs. If that's because everybody who's on the floor finds themselves really naturally at ease and comfortable and on sitting on the floor and you're used to sitting on the floor and your legs are really... Relaxed and no problem. Okay, wonderful. If you're on the floor through some strange idea that there's a direct relationship between the invitation to meet yourself deeply and the position of your legs, and it doesn't really work for you to be sitting on the floor, please, please use a chair. And even if you feel unwilling this evening, give it a day or two. <laughs> you might be there might be a premium on chairs. What is helpful as we begin is to find a way of sitting that's really stable. <coughs> so that your knees and buttocks make a kind of triangle of stability on the ground. If you're on the floor, if you find you've got one knee that kind of refuses to to go down, you can chock it with uh, an extra cushion or two. If you're using a chair, really helpful then to have that sense of stability with your two feet kind of well planted on the floor in front of you. If your legs, if your feet don't meet the floor very easily, like if you you can put a cushion under your feet so that your feet can be flat rather than kind of on tiptoes. That sense of kind of being 
plugged in to your posture stable grounded then it's very helpful to really sense your spine and let yourself sit in a way that's straight can elongate a little your neck and spine just feeling some space between the vertebrae and to have a sense of openness in your chest and shoulders I want to roll your shoulders back a little and then just let them relax and lastly to really let your belly hang out let it be soft and round In this way, letting your physical posture reflect your inner attitude. Bright and upright. Open and spacious. Relaxed and soft. And right here, naturally, this capacity for direct knowing that we call awareness. There's the hearing my voice and it's known. The experience is recognized, received in awareness. Just noticing as we begin how this awareness, this natural receptivity to experience is the background against which all experience happens. This awareness that is the heart and the ground of meditation. This awareness that's so immediate, so always present, that it easily gets covered over, forgotten, trampled on almost, it can seem like, by the vague meanderings of our mind, the obsessions and reactions and stories and memories. So we're training ourselves to just stay steady with natural knowing. And we're using the normal 
natural experience of breathing as the means of staying connected. Let your attention come down from your head, down to you, through your chest, down into your diaphragm and belly. And just sensing into the experience of breathing, the expansion that happens in your diaphragm and belly as the in-breath comes, and the natural relaxation that happens there when the out-breath goes. You might take a couple of deeper breaths, if you, if you like, slightly exaggerating the movement to sense into that area of your body. And then just letting your breathing happen naturally. Absorbing your attention into the experience of expansion and relaxation. deeply and directly experiencing the expanding in-breath, the relaxing out-breath. Really allowing, as you breathe out, for a complete relaxation, letting everything soften, <coughs> letting any resistance melt. Experiencing the natural letting go that is the body breathing out. Letting it happen all by itself. 
really allowing the expanding movement of the in-breath. Nothing to do. No need to force it. Letting breathing happen by itself. And just moment by moment, using this direct visceral experience to really ground your attention. Just abiding as the awareness of breath. And any other aspects of your experience, any wandering thoughts, any sounds that pass through, just leaving them alone. Anytime you notice your attention's gotten caught up in some train of thought, just come back. Just as the outbreath comes, using it to unhook, return to meet breath as the means of connection to awareness. Belly as the place of connection. Coming back to natural knowing.
the alive spaciousness of awareness in which the in-breath expands and the out-breath relaxes. If you notice the center of attention keeps jumping back up into your head, which is often much more energetically stimulated in our lives. Just letting your your, your energy drain back down. Letting your focus return belly and breathing gentle allowing attention to the expanding in breath the relaxing out breath inviting yourself into meditation Daring to be really fully present just for this one breath. Just right through the movement of an in-breath. The movement of an out-breath. right through the still point between breaths.
his last few minutes of the sitting. Seeing if you can really allow meditation to happen. Resting into awareness as the in-breath, as the out-breath moves through. (coughs) Letting your attention be really intimate with the direct experience. not thinking the breath, but feeling it intimately from the inside. As the days go by, as the days go by, may we trust this invitation more and more fully. May we meet our experience more and more intimately. May we, and may we allow more and more fully the unburdening of our heart. May our time here be dedicated to freedom, awakening, to a truly free relationship with life. for the deepest benefit of each one of us, of all those we have contact with, of all of life.
feels like a pregnant silence in here. Pregnant with possibility. Pregnant maybe with expectation. Pregnant possibly with excitement. (coughs) Pregnant maybe with some trepidation for some of you. Some uh, doubt maybe. Certainly for all of us, pregnant with uncertainty. It's good to remember. This is five or six days of our life. Very uncertain. There's a degree of certitude with the schedule and rhythm of the days, at least in the planning. But in terms of what we might meet, what we might discover, in the realms of the unknown. Useful reminder for us, those of us, those of you who have been here before, lest we fall into the delusion that we know what meditation is like, that we know what a retreat is like. So we begin this time together and just might sense in in this silence to the pregnancy of the moment. Let's see what happens, what's revealed, what unfolds, what takes birth out of this pregnant possibility. So with that, good evening, welcome. I'd like to welcome you all very warmly to Gaia House, to this retreat, to this opportunity we have together. Those of you who I know quite well, some of you who I vaguely recognize, and some of you who, uh, who no doubt I'm, I'll be meeting over these days for the first time. Quite a lot of you here. I don't know whether the uh, timing was uh, um, worked well for you, whether the title was um, attention grabbing, or what. But I was I was reflecting this evening on the title. So I thought I might share some of those reflections a little bit with you in beginning together. Live 
and let go, unburdening the heart. Certainly speaks to me as I as I say it, uh, the, in terms of what's evoked. The relief of letting go of our some of our contractions and contradictions, some of the kind of automatic habits of mind and heart that we have. That possibility, that longing we may feel for unburdening our hearts, unburdening our lives, feeling drawn towards the possibility for a free relationship with life. That's what we're here for, all of us. To explore our lives means to explore our hearts and minds. And in that, naturally, automatically, certainly, in coming into contact with our habits and patterns of heart and mind, to explore those. So as to see the ways in which our life may feel burdened the way our life, our hearts may feel like they're in the grip the way our lives may feel they're in the grip of something that we intuit somehow we'd be well served to let go sometimes People, if you're coming here for the first time, you might be, you might feel like you've already been let, asked to let go of a lot. Let go of speaking, socializing, let go of your mobile phone and email and book reading. Asked to let go of that kind of uh, contact that we may normally have with friends or loved ones. Asked to let go in some ways of uh, kind of the ways we, may, we decide and make up the rhythms of our day. Asked to let go of our, our usual uh, habits and activities so as to follow what may look like a little bit of a daunting schedule. Maybe you haven't, have you seen the schedule, the daily schedule for tomorrow yet? No, so you don't know just how daunting <laughs> it might be. And I think sometimes we have those kind of associations with letting go. That there's something involved, there's this kind of, there's a kind of inspiring idea behind it. And certainly if we've been reading Buddhist teachings or something, we might feel there's something noble about letting go. That there's some, we sense some possibility, some freeing possibility in the idea of letting go. But when it comes to it, we find ourselves kind of reluctant in some ways. They have the association of letting go as somehow uh, doing without. Being apart from. Um, 
in a way that can feel like some kind of deprivation or some kind of rigidity. So for example, in relation to the schedule and the silence, a kind of culture of a retreat here at Gaia House. It may, may not, maybe have a relationship where you feel, oh, oh, or just in arriving, I can, oh, I can let go into the silence. I can feel held and supported by the kind of atmosphere of care that's here. Oh, I can set down the usual duties and responsibilities of, you know, just of <coughs> maintaining my life and my work. You know, we don't have to do much of that here. We don't have to feed ourselves. I mean, we have to do that bit, right? There's no, not someone sitting there with us, you know. There's not, they don't provide that level of care at, at Gaia House. But, you know, we don't have to d- deal with much of the complexity of that. Bell rings, lunch. So we might have a, some sense of, oh, being able to just slip into the rhythm here. But particularly if you're coming for the first time and some, or some of and the culture here may feel strange, new, there can be <coughs> some sense of uh, wondering about that. And whether it's uh, the relationship to that part of coming here, this association we have with letting go as giving up, doing without. The silence and the schedule and the, the various mechanisms of support here at Gaia House are really all designed quite clearly and quite specifically in order to facilitate us meeting ourselves as fully, as deeply as possible. When we start to meet ourselves, just in the ordinariness of sitting quietly, which we call (coughs) meditation, when we meet ourselves in the ordinariness of walking quietly, which we call walking meditation, when we meet ourselves in the simplicity of doing some of the work tasks that we're asked to do during the day, when we meet ourselves in any moment, in every moment, that we're awake enough and in touch with enough to notice that that's what's happening. We're meeting ourselves. We're confronting the fact of being alive, conscious. The mysterious fact of participating in life. When we meet ourselves... Inevitably, what we start to meet is the places where we're not letting go. What we start to contact is the places where we feel like we're kind of (coughs) grating with life, in conflict with life, struggling with conditions in some way. Maybe some very gross ways and our sense of struggle 
or reactivity is very, very apparent to us. Maybe in subtler ways. Where in different moments during these days we may be really asking ourselves in quite a profound way. Even in moments of a lot of clarity and stillness and receptivity. What am I holding on to here? What idea? What self of view? What orientation? What projection? <coughs> What's constructing my sense of myself right now? Or my sense of the world right now? So to do the work of what we might call letting go, with its connotations of letting go into an unburdened, a free, a vibrant, fluid, intimate relationship with life. What that work involves is the meeting with all the places where we're holding on. That's where the the profound, liberating, transformational fruits of this practice are. (coughs) In recognizing what is it that I'm holding on to. It's a kind of reflection that might flow through this retreat as we encounter ourselves, our bodily life, our emotional life, our mental life, our energetic life, the history that's given rise to our sense of our life. And as we sit here, we're kind of like a sum total of our history. Whatever sense of yourself you bring to this moment, whatever values, whatever wishes or desires, whatever suspicions about yourself or about others, whatever doubts, whatever fears, whatever hopes, whatever progress you feel you may have made doing this kind of practice over the last months, years, decades, some of you. All of that has a history to it. All of that's been conditioned in countless different ways. All the reflections from which we we reinforce a familiar sense of ourselves in the obvious ways. Reinforcement in terms of our roles, relational roles or professional roles. Reinforcing of a sense of self in terms of gender, age, history, character, 
I'm this kind of a person, we say. I'm this kind of a person. (coughs) All the ways in which we're reflecting back to ourselves and getting reflected back to us. A sense of, oh, this is who I am. A sense that gets so reflected and kind of so normalized, so ossified in its constant reflection that we, most of us, go along as if that tells us something real about what this mysterious experience is of finding ourselves in an alive, contactful, immediate, mysterious participation in life. (coughs) So the invitation to let go is an invitation to meet life as much as possible afresh. It doesn't mean, of course it doesn't mean, that we can discount or put aside or stop those decades of inculcated habits and reactions and reflections and conditioning. Of course we can't. We can't just choose not to see through those lenses, through those filters. But we can be willing to not give all the authority to what we already think we know about who we are, about what, what this body is, about how my mind is, about what the life of the heart is. We can be willing... And the practices and the teachings and uh, the schedule here is in direct support of this willingness. Willing to look as directly as possible. To meet bodily life in the direct apprehension of it. As you sit here right now. Just to really notice the sensations of sitting here. The pressure of your legs and buttocks on the floor, on the cushion or on the chair. Letting your attention fill your limbs. That doesn't need a story or a description or an image. Just using this capacity for direct attention that we have to actually sense the aliveness of bodily life moment by moment as it's happening. It's tingling or it's temperature, the sense of density or fluidity. The willingness then to get uh, our sense of what's happening 
from this kind of plugged in, embodied, direct experience. Rather than the more habitual tendency to get our information from what I think I know. Oh yes, body, oh yes, I've got two arms and I've got two legs. That's a very abstracted kind of information compared to the vibrancy of oh, sensing this aliveness in my limbs. Sensing into your torso as you sit here. You might notice, just out of curiosity, not as a way of measuring, but just out of curiosity, as you sense into your belly, is there any tension, any clamping? Or is it soft, relaxed? If it's tense in some way, oh, how come? What am I tensing for? Noticing the way unconscious habit in different ways shows up as a kind of energetic tension or holding. And as we notice that, oh, allowing it to. Relax. Letting your attention into your face. Again, with that kind of both the capacity for direct sensing into and that quality of curiosity. What's going on here? Seeing if there's any tension around your eyes, across your forehead, in your jaw, if there is, just taking a moment to know that experience of being here with some degree of tension, some degree of holding on energetically. And then as you know that experience, letting it soften, melt, relax. And knowing that this experience, the experience of softening, of letting go, of coming into a more relaxed relationship just with your own body. So in some ways, that's the blueprint for our week together.
coming into contact with ourselves, noticing when there's any kind of tension. And we'll be exploring various different kinds of tension, of energetic holding, ego tensions and patterns that can show up in our system. Getting curious about the experience of that tension, not as a way to judge or measure ourselves, not as a stick with which to beat ourselves, not as a way to blame ourselves for being tense. Oh, I shouldn't be tense. Oh, I should be meditating. Oh, but he, he says letting go. Oh, I should be feeling an unburdened heart. That doesn't sound very unburdened. Often when the should word is around, there's an increase in tension. Even if the should is saying, I should not be having tension. <coughs> so coming into contact and noticing what's here. And if there's anything, actually if there's anything at all in any given moment that feels unfree, unfluid, How come? Engaging this extraordinary capacity for deep curiosity. Not wondering about it in terms of ideas, but seeing what's the experience of holding on like? What's the experience of being here in a way that's tense in some way? And in the knowing of tension, the knowing of holding, the knowing of limited view, the knowing of a fixed idea, the knowing of a compulsive thought pattern, the knowing of a particular uh, desire or obsession that might be turning around in the mind, in the knowing of it, we invite letting go. The good news is, we don't really have to do the work of letting go. Our work really is to, is to feel the tension, the pain, the holding, the distraction, the anxiety of holding on. And to the extent that we actually see what that's doing to our system, to the extent that we start to understand the mechanisms underneath it, to that extent, quite naturally, oh, something in us, some innate intelligence, called wisdom in this tradition, recognizes, hey, it would be a lot simpler to not do that. to soften just like when we notice oh when we bring our attention into our face we notice oh my jaw's kind of t tense once we notice it's tense we don't need a whole process of oh what should I do about that something in us knows oh, it would be kind of simpler to not be tense and then quite once we get that far quite naturally oh 
Letting go just happens. So we don't even have to let go. We don't have to take on the responsibility for unburdening our hearts. But we are invited to come into close, direct, honest, intimate contact with any way in which our hearts seem to be burdened. Any way in which some aspect of our experience seems to have a grip on us. And that can be challenging. You may start to notice, or you may already have a, a suspicion, or you may know already all too well how strong our habits can be around distracting us from feeling the tensions, the burdens, the confusions, the compulsions, the restlessness, the worry, the circular thinking, the anxiety that turns around in our inner life. We be very sophisticated often at distracting from what's really going on in our inner life, defending against what's really going on, and constructing all kinds of strategies to avoid direct, honest, intimate contact with ourselves. And so, like I was just saying, this container of Gaia House, the container of silence, the container of the schedule, the various supportive means through meditation and teachings and discussions and meetings with me are all designed to invite us in to that kind of intimate contact. To as much as possible provide a context in which we can dare to really meet ourselves deeply. A context that we can increasingly begin to trust. Trusting the environment. Trusting the process of our practice. Trusting ourselves. So I'd invite you to remember that at difficult moments particularly. Remember the invitation to come back to yourself, to come into contact with what's here. A direct, honest, intimate contact. And also, and importantly, a kind, gentle, allowing contact. Some of you who have been here before, or practiced, 
in this kind of tradition might be familiar with what's sometimes presented as two complementary or auxiliary or tandem practices of one being sometimes called vipassana practice cultivating awareness and inquiry into our experience and the tandem practice of metta Pali word meaning uh, care, goodwill, sensitivity, friendliness, warmth and various ways of cultivating those that quality of care, sensitivity and warmth but rather in, our, in, our, uh, in the emphasis this week rather than those being seen as two different practices rather than metta being seen as something to cultivate uh, on its own terms we're bringing those two qualities together the quality of connection curiosity which is sometimes referred to as vipassana or insight meditation and the quality of care gentleness allowing which is sometimes called metta vipassana and metta are Pali words that the Buddha used if you're not familiar with that terminology doesn't really uh, support uh, a real intimacy of contact with ourselves which meditation is if we have some kind of cold idea of observing I'm observing myself I'm observing my breathing observing my body and I'm going to inquire into what's going on here right then something's missing right then there and it's the quality of care that opens the process what I was just calling inviting ourselves in to meditation inviting us to ourselves to be here making the space for us to be interested in this moment this body this breath this movement this experience so I want to mostly really extend to you this invitation to be here as you are and to come into as full a contact as possible with yourself moment by moment I 
when I was in a monastery in Thailand about 20 years ago one of my teachers there had very very simple way of teaching meditation and for the three months that uh, he, he was one of my teachers I only ever heard this one this single meditation instruction from him which I'll share with you he used to say breathe in smile breathe out relax that was it <laughs> that was it breathe in smile breathe out relax and say it with a kind of Thai accent and a big beaming face relax that might be a good reminder too especially if you have that tendency to complicate I say if you have that tendency as if there might be a few among you who have that tendency let's face it we all have that tendency right to complicate things so there's a, that's, that's part of this invitation we orientate ourselves around that basic intention to relax and enjoy hey, a week of meditation at Gaia House relax, enjoy it's a very, very helpful intention it doesn't mean of course it doesn't mean that therefore by telling ourselves relax and enjoy we will feel relaxed or that we will enjoy what's happening. But from that intention, we'll certainly start to see what's not relaxed here then. How come? We'll certainly start to see if we're not enjoying, how, what are we doing? What am I overlaying on this experience? that's making it seem like a struggle or a fight a source of conflict or confusion or doubt none of us us in the very largest sense you, me, the Buddha and everybody in between none of us has ever, will ever, manage to have an endless stream of enjoyable, enjoyable experience. Some things we definitely like better than others. So we might say, well, it's just idealistic nonsense. Relax and enjoy. Plenty of things I don't feel relaxed about, plenty of things I don't enjoy. But the invitation I'm speaking about is an invitation to a different kind of enjoyment in, to enjoy to um, create the conditions for joy gratitude happiness peace 
the enjoyment, the kind of deeper satisfaction, we could say, of being in touch with the truthfulness of our experience. There's an authenticity to that, and a rightness about that, a clarity in that, and a, a, a knowing in that that's more satisfying than whether our experience is a pleasant one or an unpleasant one, an enjoyable one or uh, an, uh, an unenjoyable one in that moment. So in the space of this week, in the space of Gaia House, in the silence in which we can rest into, in the possibility of this pregnant moment, pleasant and unpleasant experiences can and will pass through and because we're crazy human beings we have that tendency in the midst of the pleasant experience to get rather carried away by it oh things are good oh I'm doing well wow you know I'm two steps from enlightenment another three days and uh, I'll really be you know we get carried away in the story that turns around the pleasant and then because we're crazy human beings we tend to get carried away when the pendulum swings and the unpleasant experience passes through. Oh, God, how long shall the bell rings? What's the matter with this? Why did I come? Etc. etc. It's like we get tunnel vision where we just see through our reaction to this moment's experience. The invitation to relax and enjoy is to relax the tunnel vision, to open up our view, to relax into, to let go into the space through which pleasant and unpleasant experiences are just the bubble-like phenomena of the moment. Let's see what happens out of this possibility to meet ourselves wherever we find ourselves and to see what we might be holding on to. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.